delicious. You know what I discovered the other day, just the other day, is that I like horsey sauce. Mm. I just always assumed I wouldn't. Um, and I was just like, ew, but it tastes like wasabi. So, um, what's not to I like? Just, right? I discovered it at home randomly. And then we went to Arby's last week and I was like, you know what? I'm going to put some Arby's, I mean, some Arby's, I'm going to put some horsey sauce on my sandwich. And that was pretty damn good. Nice. It's horseradish, mayonnaise, and horse jizz. <laughs> I think it was the jizz that threw it over. See? Yeah. That's what pushed it over the edge. Just if I had known little, it. It's a bit of pungency. Uh, Just a bit of what was it? What uh, was it? Uh, Stan's dad called it a uh, ghost ectoplasm. It was- <laughs> nice. Can we combine the word urgency with the word potency and make purgency? That's how I describe my want of horsey sauce. It's purgent. I think that's what some of the girls at my high school did in the bathroom during lunch, but <laughs> I thought that I was could be wrong. Title for the so many Purge unwanted film. babies. <laughs> that's the working title for the fourth Purge film, isn't it? <laughs> or the case of the Arby sauce, so many wasted babies, you know. Hey. Hey. So wasted horse babies. <laughs> Folks, and welcome to another episode of the 7B3 Podcast, uh, episode number 99. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and with me uh, today, still still daylight outside, is Mr. Jeffrey X. Martin. How you doing, sir? Doing good, man. 99 is my favorite Toto song, so this is a very special episode for me, too. Beautiful. I'm glad you love Toto, and uh, I love Murderface from De- De- from Metalocalypse. He looks like the guy from Toto, so... <laughs> he looks like everybody from Toto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Dennis DeYoung, so that's yes. nice. <laughs> Who's local, so was, I guess we can have that guy. You know, so there you go. It's a <laughs> let's get him on the show. Definitely. <laughs> let's talk about Desert Moon, Dennis DeYoung. You. <clears throat> oh, I've heard he is a complete asshole. One of my friends um, actually played backup drums for him one night, and his wife dropped him off. And two minutes after the show was over, picked him up, and he wouldn't talk to anybody. Mm. Wow. He's just got too much time on his hands, Suzanne. He's just... <laughs> oh, there's Suzanne. She's back again. How you doing, Suzanne? I'm doing well. Glad the holidays are over. Got my life with the Thrill Kill Cult tickets. And uh, just really, really, really happy the, sh- the holiday shit is over. Yeah. And with us, as per usual... Is the the lady in Michigan, the lovely Jamie Sammons? Hello, I am a fan of 99 Luftballons. 
<laughs> Going all German yeah, on me, yeah? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm. You didn't ask me, but I'm telling you, I'm so excited I'm to sorry. be here. <laughs> how are you, Jamie? No, no, JJ. that was... That was on me. I was just answering questions that weren't asked, you know. Love, love of my life, you know. Uh, I am coming to you from a new microphone, so let's hope this sounds better than before. Courtesy of you, my dear. And uh, I'm excited about this show. I'm excited about these movies. I'm excited about our guests. I'm excited about hearing all about Penis Alabama. Good time. Uh-huh. How's the line go? She she gave me your heart, so I gave her a microphone. Uh, that's, that's how it goes, right? Yeah? No? Uh, maybe perhaps? No? No? <laughs> okay. And also, from hello, <laughs> hello, this is the Doom Show. That's why my jokes fall flat, people. Mr. Richard Schmidt, how you doing, sir? Hey, guys, how's it going? <clears throat> hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Richard. Hi. Um, I've got 99 episodes, and Cinema Beef is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's from that that rapper named like Jay's. It. Jay's, yeah. Richard, <laughs> 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 well, in case people have been living under a rock, tell the folks about your podcast, sir. We do have listeners in Iraq, so shout out to my homies. No. Uh, <laughs> I am from Hello, This is the Doom Show, also on the uh, lovely Legion Podcast Network. Uh, my pals, Brad, Jeffrey, and Simon, we do a show yo, and we're really sorry. No, do not be. I am addicted to that show. Yay! I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> no, it's one of those that when it comes up in the feed, I'm like, I'm scrolling through and I'm what am I going to listen to tonight? Because I work overnights. So I'm like, what am I going to listen to tonight? And then that pops up and I'm like, fuck yes! Like, it's that. that That's what happens. Oh my gosh. Language. <laughs> <laughs> English. <Give me laughs> English, motherfucker. Do you speak it? <laughs> oh, but I'll, I'll defer to our guest and ask him, what have you been watching lately, sir? Well, I am tracking my movies this year because I I didn't do it last year, and that was dumb. Me too. It, yay! It made my uh, top ten list way harder. So I'm doing it this year, and I've watched some new things I've never seen before, like Bloody Flesh, which is a Colombian art house mistake. Um, if you like animals, don't watch it. Uh, particularly turkeys. Yeah. I mean, I don't even like turkeys, but no turkey deserves to go like that. Um, I watched The Dark, which is a big-budget mistake with lots of uh, stars in it from 1979, I think. Uh, it's great. Got to watch The Dark. Uh, William Devane, Kathy Lee Crosby. Exactly. What a great movie. Yes. I love it. Stupid as balls and wonderful. I watched that Clark. a few weeks ago. <laughs> I watched uh, The House in Nightmare Park, which is a British comedy, British horror comedy that was also dumb as balls. Uh, I watched something called Stanley. Don't know what that was. Um, watched a little thing called Patrick. I'd avoided Patrick, the Australian psychic movie. And it was awesome. And last but not least, I watched The Monster of Piedras Blancas, which is an American monster movie that's hilarious. Excellent, sir. Yeah. Suzanne. Oh, wow. We have quite the list today. 
blew through season four of Black Mirror. Suspiria, the absolutely most stunningly beautiful movie, just was made more beautiful. I watched Wind River, which that movie blew me away. There are very few movies that ever give me chills and make me hold my breath. And that movie is it. That is my favorite movie of 2017. You know that uh, sentence was just full of wind puns, right? <laughs> it was uh, Seriously, it was one of the best movies I've ever watched. And that I don't say very lightly. And I'm just trying to catch up on 2017 movies because apparently I did not watch very many of them last year. And a couple of these, uh, some snake flicks. Watch some snake flicks, too. That's pretty much it. Cool. Wind, just like the, the wind blowing through uh, Susie Banyan's clothes. And the wetness, too. You know. Goddamn game of clue that fucking movie is. X, what you been watching, man? <laughs> okay. Finally saw The Last Jedi. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but that movie's got a lot of problems for me. Um I thought it was like the least emotionally involving and the viewers forced to accept just a lot of situations that don't make logical sense and not really like in the physics, you know, cause it's star Wars, right? I mean, it's fucking robots and shit, but you've got to suspend your disbelief a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I don't know. Benicio del Toro's wasted. There's just a lot of events that didn't really add up to anything. I like the Phantom Menace more, if that tells you anything, but it probably deserves a rewatch, but not anytime soon. Uh, let's see. As far as TV goes, same shit I was watching last time. Old black and white episodes of The French Chef and my chronological rewatch of every single WCW Monday Nitro, which I'm halfway through 1998 now. Also finally watched the final season of Broadchurch, which is such a great show because, Jesus, there's just nothing better than listening to David Tennant yell at people in that thick Scottish brogue while Olivia Coleman just stands behind him and wrings her hands and just moms all over everything. So that's great. It's not as grim as the first two seasons, so I started watching Happy Valley because Broadchurch was just too fucking cheerful. Um and today, just today, holy shit, I watched a great movie called Crush the Skull. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's so fun. It's like, it's that whole, I oh, enjoyed shit. that. Isn't that fun? Yeah, I liked it. I um, was, I was like, eh, going in. I was like, I, didn't, I don't know, because I didn't really know anything about it. But, um, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the acting is good. The script is tight. It's funny. And it's just one of those things you find on Amazon after you're, you know, you've, waded through more shit than Andy Dufresne. So check that out if you get the chance. Also, I'm attempting to log all my movie watching this year on Letterboxd just because Jamie said she was doing it and I couldn't be left behind. Yay! Yay. I started a movement! Yes! So give me a follow. It's Jeffrey X. Martin. All one word, and it's E-R-Y, not R-E-Y. Thank you very much. Fancy names and such. Mm. Not my fault, dude. <laughs> yeah, I just put Crush the Skull on my watch list, I think, last week. Oh, boy. Oh, Jamie, what you been watching, girl? Well, my movies as well. And I'm not using anything fancy. I'm using a notebook and some highlighters, and I'm so excited about it. I'm so you excited luddite. about the highlighters. Well, because they're coded <laughs> colors. Like, the orange highlighters, like, I get to use whenever I watch movies for this show, are movies that I've watched just by myself. 
It's like Trisha Jones's notebook from from Mallrats, except she's like has <laughs> she's talking about sex in that book, you know. Um, but um, the idea here is is that because every time we do a show, like I do this show or I do evil episodes, there's always inevitably that what have you guys been watching and and we're always scrambling trying to remember. So there's that. Plus, I figured at the end of the year it would be super easy to do lists and you know whatever. So. Um, TV, I'm not logging, so I'll just uh, throw in real quick. We also did season four of Black Mirror and Dark on Netflix. Both of those I really enjoyed. Um, okay, as far as movies go, <laughs> this is just since the first. Um, 42nd Street Forever, which is uh, basically it's just a bunch of trailers for exploitation films. That's, that's the whole thing. It's like three hours worth of trailers. Um, Albert Fish, The Doc... Eileen Warnos, The Selling of a Serial Killer, Best Worst Movie, Birth of the Living Dead, Bond Girls Are Forever, Boogeymen. Oh, by the way, we're also this year have started as of January 1. We've started going through our entire collection. And if you can't tell, <laughs> documentaries are the first thing in our collection. So, I mean, my idea is this. I want to go through every movie we own in order and uh, in order of how we have them shelved. So it goes documentaries, then multi-packs, then, um, then alphabetically from there. And um, then we did uh, Decline of the Western Civilization 1 and 2, um, 3 is up next, American Nightmare, um, Brawl and Cell Block 99, uh, 100 Years of Horror, these two films, of course, and uh, L Bar and Brimstone were the last two films that I watched before the year changed over. Yeah, I watched Cell Block 99 last night, and I saw it was like two hours and 15 minutes. I'm like, well, I'll watch some of it, and then I'll go to bed. Oh, hell no. And that two hours flew by. <laughs> I It was fun. It was so much fun. Vince Vaughn is so good in that. I just, I I love his character. Uh, uh I mean, I love his just he's just brutal as I mean, from the very beginning, when we see him rip the hood of a car off and throw it across the lawn, you're like, oh, oh this guy's not going to be fucked with, you know, so. But he did it so yeah. calmly and nonchalantly. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, he just went about, you know, taking her car apart. It's like uh, I can imagine he's was it um, Hannibal Lecter, whose heart rate never rose while he was doing the things he did. Who was it? Is that was that Hannibal Lecter? Was that Silence of the Lambs? Oh yeah. Was it okay? Um, yeah, I can totally see him doing all this shit, and his heart rate just never—he's <laughs> just going about his business, breaking arms and scraping off faces and and uh, whatever else. And he's just so—he's so great. I love him. Love him. I, I never thought I'd hear the words Vince Vaughn exploitation movie together, but you know, it pulled it off pretty well. In yeah. Oh, me, myself, uh, Google, I had a Google Play half-off uh, code, so I bought The Great Muppet Caper, and I watched that, and, uh, and Charles Grodin was pretty great in that movie, and so were the Muppets, of course, and then after that, I watched The Muppets Take Manhattan directly after that, and because I guess I needed a bigger Muppet hide than the one that I already had, and uh, <laughs> that's okay, both of those films are... Uh, Missing Paul Williams as the songwriter, I think. But besides that, they're still very enjoyable. Uh, unrelated to the Muppets, I watched American Made with Tom Cruise. And 
People don't like Tom Cruise. I'm not one of those people. I can separate the man from the craziness. And I enjoyed American Made quite a bit. It's just, it's been done before. Maybe think of American Dead and Stan's Ollie North song, really good. And uh, uh, what else? There's other stuff, too. Um, Lots of stuff I could have been watching, but I was playing playing Nintendo instead, literally. And uh, I watched The House with with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler, who are two actors that I I enjoy. But don't watch The House. It's pretty terrible. And uh, just don't watch The House. It's bad for you. It's bad for your body. And, uh, and I watched a film that I think this is says split the community right down the middle. I watched Bright on Netflix, the new Will Smith movie, and I liked it. I don't think it's we liked the best. it too. You liked it too? Good. Yeah. I don't think it's the best thing you're gonna see, but it's it's definitely different enough for me to say, hey, I hope Will Smith does more things people will enjoy on Netflix and not be tied down to the movie theater. So I mean, it's basically alienation. <laughs> <laughs> with you know orcs or like yeah. if alien nation were to meet tolkien and i uh you know i'm o- i'm okay with that i thought it was fun and there were like a little thing there were little things that i really dug that just kind of like there was one scene where there's a dragon just flying around in the background no one calls attention to it no it there's not a big thing it's just a little and it's way off in the distance and you just see i didn't even see it at first brian was like was that a dragon and so he we rewound it and yes it was and that was very cool it was just there was one scene where one of the cops is just like standing on the corner it's a centaur no one said anything. He didn't notice that when I did. And so I'm like, I'm like, run it back. I think that was a centaur. And it was just, you know, I don't know, cool stuff like that. Now, um, Max Landis may be a dildo. I, I, I don't, you know, whatever. It's just when people are trashing this film and a lot of the trash that has been thrown around about this film has been because of Max Landis. I get that. He's a douche. And, and I totally get that. But when you are trashing a film that he, because he wrote it and you've got issues with him, you're also affecting the lives of everyone else who was involved in that film. And I just think that's a really shitty thing to do because this film was not bad. And People are acting like it was, you know, I don't know, vomit. And I just don't get it. I don't I don't understand that. You know, we trash the man. Hell yes. But this film, it's it's way bigger than him just because there are so many other people involved. And why you got to fuck them up, you know, because of something he did. So I don't know if you don't like it, you don't like it. But if that's your if Max Landis is your reasoning, your sole reasoning for trashing this movie, then get the fuck out of here. Yeah, these elves are badass in this movie. Just shooting motherfuckers and doing some Matrix shit. And, you know, I, I enjoyed myself. And I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the second one that's already been greenlit. I mean, 11 million views in three days is nothing to shake a stick at. And, uh, yeah. Sans Max Landis, by the way, he will not be penning the, the sequel. So No. But yeah, Bright's good. I enjoyed Bright, and uh, for a whole different reason, I have been not racking up, because I have to rewatch the first few again, uh, episodes of Freddy's Nightmares for uh, something that me and Merriman were brewing up, possibly with another person, whoever wants to come on this, we'll talk about it towards the back end of the show, but um, they're really terrible, but they have some really <laughs> good directors behind them, which is a really real shame, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> 
But I'll, we'll move into next our next segment that we all I, I, I like this segment. I, I like the, the the last segment the most, but I don't know if anybody died or not. But here's uh, the beef bitches and mashed potatoes. Okay, who gets the burly uh, beef? I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't who order gets fries. The beef? Mine's the Duke Deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? I'll defer to our guest, Richard, and ask him, what's pissing you off this week, sir? What's pissing me off this week? Uh, let's see. Florida being cold. And I don't yeah. mean cold like everyone else experiences cold. I mean the way Floridians experience cold, which is anything like colder than 65 is a freaking blizzard. Um, also, <laughs> uh, it's laundry day. That pisses me off. That's all I got. Okay. Jamie. Yeah, he is an easygoing dude right there. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I had some and then, oh, well, let's see. I got pissed off today when I was watching The Decline of Western Civilization Part 1, um, which is the punk rock part. And, um, which I had never seen before. I had seen the Metal Years, but I skipped the punk rock one and went straight to the metal years because metal um metal but um yeah <laughs> um <laughs> but so um because we're watching everything and and that's the rule we got to watch everything so we were watching this one and uh you know i got really pissed off because some of these people are just god fuck them guy and they're just horrible human beings now and I'm not saying that this is across the board for punk and punk culture. I, I'm not saying that punk rock fans or punk rock artists are assholes. I'm saying these particular people that were in this doc that they were talking to, and not even all of them, just some of them. Like, I really was a big fan of X. Um, not you, Jeffrey, but I am also a big fan of you, so that counts. Um but um, I really, en- I really do enjoy the band X, and I didn't mind spending time with them. And I really dig their sound. They have kind of like a rockabilly sound, and that's cool. You that's, know, that's Billy Zoom. But uh, yeah, um, and uh, but was it Germs? Is that what the um, the one with? Uh, oh God, fresh. what the hell? I, they were talking. There was the ones where they were talking about the- <laughs> they found a dead house painter in their backyard. And uh, Michelle, Michelle, yeah. And she's just like, you know, yeah, so we found his body. He'd been there for a while. We, like, don't know when he died. So we got camera, and we were posing and taking pictures with him and, you know, making fun of him and laughing. And then, um, and so then Penelope was like, you know, did you feel bad that he was dead? She's like, well, no, because I hate painters. And I'm like, what the fuck? Get the fuck out of here. What the fuck (laughs) is wrong with you? I was so angry. I was just like, God damn it. These are just goddamn. I was just cussing over here. <laughs> like, Jesus God. Christ! And I then hate he said painters. He said something. <laughs> yeah, I was ridiculous. And then he said something like, "Are we? You know, we were we were laughing with the ER guy, I'm ER, the EMT guys, because he was a wet back." And I'm like, "Oh Jesus! You know, like, you know, fuck off." That was just my overall. Just fuck right off with that. You guys can just stick it. And but, um. 
Yeah, I mean, so I was really angry. <laughs> but just during that one particular section, <laughs> the, rest of it, the rest of it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Watch American Hardcore. It's a better documentary about the subject, okay? Come on now. No, it's, it's a completely different look at a different time in the punk rock genre. Terrible. Which yeah, one? Because in the eighties, we all found dead house painters and had pictures taken with them. <laughs> and see, and here's the thing: is like I, um, I like I like some punk. I've never been like anti-punk. You know, I've listened to some. I've hung out with some. I've you know whatever. It, it's I don't have an issue with the genre. It was never my favorite, but there's a lot that I do like. But. God damn, these people just pissed me off. And I was like, all you've really succeeded in doing here, as far as from my point of view, is showing the punk scene as just being full of people with uh, like zero empathy and uh, like a whole bunch of entitlement because they didn't want to fucking do anything. They just, you know, and I was just irritated. I was, uh, and then we went on directly after that to watch the Metal Years and I got all happy again because it's you know, the Metal Years. It's the Metal Years. I know. I, Metal. Have you? Do you have the box set? Yes. Yeah. Oh, listen to the commentary with Dave Grohl on the Punk Years. Oh, okay. Cool. I'll it check is. It, out. it is fascinating to listen to Dave Grohl talk about how much that movie influenced him and his music. I mean, those. I mean, the Punk Years. I literally went out and bought an album from every band that I listened to on there. I go through. Uh, occasional punk phases. So you really just don't want to be around me when I do that because I really do want to kick somebody in the face. <laughs> I can angry, see that. Angry young cuss all the time, you know. Watching yeah, the doc we, made me angry, so I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of fear. And oh. I just wish... Uh, and leaving the, the yeah. lead singer. That He's in fucking thing. everything. I know. That was another thing. He was thing Mr. Because... Body and Clue. Yes. Because uh, I was and... watching that. And, I'm, I, and I, I was just staring. I was like, that's leaving. He that's... was a fucking flash dance. I was like, uh, I was, when we were watching this, I'm like, who? Who is that? I know him. I know him. I know him. And so I looked him up and I'm like, fuck yes. So that was a good thing about it too, is that I got to learn about, him and I'm I'm assuming that's where he came from because after this like the same year that this that this was filmed or this that this came out he did a voice he did the voice of a punk rocker on like his first his first IMDb credit um after this self one but his first like acting credit and I assume that they got him to do that because of this and and then he just kind of branched out from there I'm guessing well, and well, John Doe has been in freaking everything too. Who I'm? John Doe from Axe. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I yeah, like he them. was. I actually dug them. That was they were cool. Oh, he was on this. Uh, he did this interview on Audience with I can't remember the dude's name, but it was I was riveted to the sound of his voice. I almost needed a towel when he was talking. He just has that nice, soft, beautiful voice. Mm. Oh, I thought you just spit when you talked a lot. You know, you <laughs> towel for that. Are you busting yeah. out the towels for this episode too, Suzanne. <laughs> Jesus. It's very possible. Are you watching the Diamond Ears also? 
<laughs> oh, there was another thing that, about it that ticked me off when they were talking to the guy that works in the club. I think he was just a guy that works in the club. I'm not sure. But he was saying, um, he's like, you know, well, when they're dancing and then like sometimes if a guy is dancing, uh, you know, with a girl and then he's grabbing her ass and like, you know, she's and, she, you know, she's screaming or something. And I thought he was going to say, like, you know, I'll step in and break that up. But no, what he said was, you know, even if she's crying, she's probably having a good time because that's just how these kids are. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> wow. a, like you seriously just made me want to vomit. Like, just... <laughs> Well, the, 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 the Bloodhound Gang wrote a great country song called The Lap Dance is so much better when the stripper is crying. So crying. Yeah, I, I do love that song, but <laughs> but, you know, that's I imagine it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> and, you know, Chasey Lane talks about, you know, eating rancid tuna out of her own ass. <laughs> well, that's how you want to eat that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it just, I don't know, it just some of them just disgusted me. And I'm thinking of, if you wanted to paint, if you wanted to paint punk rock in a positive light or, you know, have people understand it or care about it at all. I just don't think that was a good way to go about it because she seemed to just run into a bunch of assholes and highlight a bunch of assholes and not everyone, but just the ones that she did were like Supreme. (laughs) And it just, uh, so anyway, there's that. That's what I was pissed about. That's my beat. Just make sure that they don't use your highlighters to highlight the assholes because they get nice and dirty for you. We don't use them anymore. Get to ruin your fancy <laughs> highlighters. Yeah, they don't have to go to Dollar Tree and buy some more. You gotta waste the gas to go there because because somebody. I'm not, I'm not gonna go any further with this. Not you know, Dollar Tree, uh, Dollar General. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> get, your, get your Dollar Store straight, girl. Come on now, Suzanne. Well, honestly, mine's pretty. It's not minor, but I only have one, and it's not like a psychotic hatred. It's just. Something that just pissed me off. Have you ever watched a movie? I mean, a movie that you think the world of, and then watched it with a couple of other people that do <laughs> nothing but trash it. <laughs> I know what this is about. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. And no matter what you say, I mean, there's no way I'm changing anybody's <laughs> mind or opinion, but, you know, if it was someone's favorite movie, I would, I would at least, you know, I just, I would find something to try to be positive about were they aware that it was a favorite of yours yes oh indubitably i wasn't there um, but i know what you're talking a, about that's a dick move then because yeah if someone's showing me something that's near and dear to their heart i just don't have it in me to be a dick about it you know i'm i'll i might say well i don't like it as much as you did <laughs> but i'm not gonna trash it because that's just me Oh, I know. It was just a full-on trash fest. I just pretty much, I just gave up. I'm like, whatever. You know, I, uh, 99% of the, the horror community agrees with me, and you are the idiot 1%. What was the movie? <laughs> I know what it is. Say it, Gary. <laughs> it's Suspiria. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, I, I know the crew. Is it? Oh, just, my God. Just go Plug the show, Sue. You know what's going to come out. Come on now. It's a somebody oh, probably fan Richard over there. Did he fall? <laughs> did he fall out? <laughs> no, you know, I, no. I love I love doing the podcast with NFW, but sometimes other than Jake, Jake was my favorite that night. 
just listening to Willis. I don't like this. I don't get what's going on. It's <laughs> just a, a bunch of music in red. It's red. The whole movie's red. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where the first recording died. Uh, <laughs> you guys lost my beef, but that's okay. Um, the show tonight in question is one that's titled Even Parcel Tongues Get the Blues. Um, we're doing the 1972 film Stanley, uh, about a man and his snakes and his psychic link. And, uh, of course, Jennifer from 1978, which is filmed about a girl. Some folks will call it a Carrie ripoff. A Carrie ripoff, I'm sorry. <laughs> about a girl who could uh, control snakes and fucking just make them appear out of thin air. It's, it's, it's quite an amazing film. We'll get into that discussion of Stanley right after this. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. <laughs> That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? <laughs> we got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. Since the very beginning of time, in the Garden of Eden, one of God's creatures has symbolized the darkest fears of man's primitive emotions. It is a creature that is hypnotic, sensual, and loathsome. It is the snake. But not all men have known a snake like Stanley. Meet Stanley, a snake unlike any you have ever seen, in a motion picture that will make your skin crawl. A terrifying journey into the primitive swamps and jungles of the Everglades. A world where the only instinct is survival. <laughs> a world where the cold-blooded creatures walk on two legs. There's no accident. There's no accident we shot your father. We killed him! <laughs> now you're gonna get what you gave me a few minutes ago. Stanley. The incredible story of a man and snake. They shared a bond of trust in a world of hate. I'm sorry, Stanley, but you're gonna have to stay in the truck. People just don't understand friendly rattlesnakes. Stanley, starring Chris Robinson, a man who could no longer live among men. 
Stanley, a snake who trusted his natural enemy and was used to carry out a man's personal vengeance. Stanley, the incredible story of a man who killed to save the friends he loved and learned to love the art of killing. When Tim gets mad, Stanley gets deadly. Stanley. Bite his hand. There has never been a motion picture like it. If you have ever touched the emotions of horror and revulsion, if you have ever feared the fangs of death, then you know the terrifying impact of Stanley. A snake that learned that only man kills his own kind. Stanley from 1972. Uh, plot synopsis is this. A young Seminole Indian uses his rattlesnake to take revenge on all those he believes who have wronged him. Again, the shitty plot synopsis. And, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to kick it to Suzanne and ask her what she thought of Stanley. You know, I found it interesting. I, you know, I just, I like the snake aspect of it. I like the fact this guy was just trying to be, you know, got home from the war. I just want to live out here, have everybody leave me alone. I'm happy in my little house with my little snakes. And then this evil guy just wants to use him to go catch snakes for his belt factory. And then things just go horribly wrong. I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm my feelings have changed on this movie several times. I liked it that I read something, didn't like it so much. I find the story to be, you know, at least entertaining. And Alex Rocco is the evil belt guy. One of the best roles I've ever seen him in. It was so cheesy and campy. You can't help but hate him and like him at the same time for just being evil. But that end scene, the end of the movie where everything goes awry his beloved snake bites him there's a whole lot of crazy they packed into 10 minutes i mean crazy you know so i'm still by the time you ask me what my what i think about you know what my rating is on the movie maybe i'll decide again and change my rating i don't know i've changed it so many times but those are just my quick hit thoughts on stanley cool richard well I initially was kind of into this movie, but something felt weird to me. Something felt kind of off. So I uh, mainly I figured the snakes were in danger, even though a bunch of the uh, the snake violence was obviously faked. 
I just got this vibe that something was wrong. And when I read in the trivia uh, just how wrong things were, uh, which the trivia says, the rattlesnakes used in this film had their fangs cut and mouths sewn shut to prevent them from biting people. And then right under that, it says, according to director William Greff, the actual Stanley was made into a wallet that he owns to this day. Guess that rattler really was money in the bank, which is horrible. And so I immediately turned on this movie. Uh, but without having read that, it's kind of entertaining, kind of dog shit. Uh, it's definitely crazy. Um, crazy hippie nonsense, which uh, if you're into like early 70s hippie bullshit, you will enjoy uh, this film. Just as long as you hate snakes, you'll love this movie. Okay, X. So I love this movie. Um <clears throat> probably for the reason Richard just mentioned. I also like shit like, you know, Cannibal Holocaust and things like that. So I guess I was really bothered by the animal violence. So I guess that makes me a horrible human being. I also like 70s AM Gold, which this movie is <laughs> fucking full of. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I can't decide which has the better pop songs, this one or Psychomania. Because Psychomania's got that song about riding free and they worship a toad god, and that's pretty nice also. Um, so yeah, I like this song just because it's in it's the song, Jesus. The movie that the song I like everything. I don't have opinions anymore, I just like everything. <laughs> Selling me. Including Stanley. So I think you should watch it. I think you should watch it with your family. I think you should watch the little snake family that that Tim the Indian makes and he builds them little houses and then he when they die he buries them he gives them a decent Christian burial which makes no sense to me because they're snakes and snakes are often the sign of the devil so I don't know what we're trying to get at here symbolically probably nothing because I don't think they put that much thought into it anyway hey it's a snake movie and if you like 70 snake movies watch this one too Jamie. Okay, watching this film, I immediately loved it from the song that we get in the opening, the shots of the Everglades. It, you know, if you like those 70s environmental horror films, you know, or animals coming at you films, and this isn't even one of those like later Jaws ripoffs, you know, that were, or films that were feeding off of Jaws because Jaws hadn't happened yet. So this was. Just, uh, it had a very deep, like, environmental pull to it. You know, the, our Native American hero was, he was all about saving the animals and being kind to creatures. And I loved him. I loved this guy. I was like, I, oh, he's fantastic. You know, he didn't really like people, but he loved animals. And that's right up my alley. Nope. I was all about it. And it got nuts toward the end i mean just like super nuts but in the middle there were a lot of funny parts i was actually um messaging uh the group while i was watching this movie and it was blowing me away i was like oh my god when psycho our character psycho showed up i was like fuck me i love this movie and it just it was it's like batshit crazy by the time we got to the end there were injections of humor throughout it was uh, and for me, it was touching. I When we had the little funeral, I was bawling like an idiot. You know, I loved it, loved it, loved it. 
thought it was kind of weird at the end because we get a little, it gets a little bizarre when he knocks off the Alex Rocco villain character and then proceeds to kidnap the guy's daughter. And, but then she kind of goes with him willingly, but then he takes her back to his cabin and she stays there willingly. And then she's like, okay, well, I'm going to leave tomorrow. And he's like, no, you're not. And he's like, you know, because he even had said, you know, this is my own little Eden and I need an Eve. And I'm like, well, that's creepy as fuck. So then at the, when we get to that point, I'm like, I don't really like him so much anymore. He kind of gives me the willies. And then he gets really mean to his snake friends. And I really don't like him then. And then he sort of gets, they sort of get their revenge on him. And then we have this burning building and then the snakes come out at the, they make it out at the end. And that makes me happy. So I'm. I was like, I don't know what the hell I just watched. That was weird as shit, but I loved it. And then Richard had to go and tell me about <laughs> about what <laughs> they did to these snakes. And I can't, I just can't get that out of my head. And I, as much as I enjoyed watching this film, stuff like that really does bother me. Now, I, I know it was a different time and people were, I mean, especially if you were, God, Richard, how can you stand Italian cinema so much? <laughs> because... I, I'm I'm very picky. I'm very picky. Like okay. I have never sat through uh, Rats Nights of Terror because oh my God. it does not take long before those little creatures are in Ugh. peril, like being set on fire. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and stuff like that. And and so I get torn because while I found while I find that film thoroughly entertaining. Uh, Parts like that, like setting rats on fire, like actual rats, it it really it just I it angers me. And then while I love um, Kingdom of the Spiders, or King, is that right? King, King, yeah, Kingdom of the yeah. Spiders. Um, the you know all of the violence that was heaped upon tarantulas in that film, and all the tarantulas that died, it just and you actually see them on screen. It it just it kills me. I, I really can't stand it. But then I'm so torn because I love the movies for what they are and they're fun and entertaining and whatever. But then I think about what actually happened to these creatures and I can't do it. And I love, I too love Cannibal Holocaust, but I will never and have never seen the full version. I only ever watch the animal safe version. And it's because I know that if those images were in my mind, I could never get rid of them. And because that's how it is about me. And People violence, whatever. It's bad, sure. I don't encourage it, but it doesn't bother me as much. Uh, whenever I see animal violence, it just it sticks with me forever, and, and it haunts me, and I can't get away from it. So it's, I just, it just, I don't know. It, it hurts my feelings to think about what happened. But then at the same time, when I was watching the movie and I didn't know that, then I was all about it. So, uh, it's tough for me. It's like a moral, it is a moral quandary. And I, but, but like I mentioned Italians, like the Italians, man, they were rough. I mean, <laughs> they were really rough on animals and it, and it, it's hard to, to go back now sometimes and watch things and know that, you know, that wasn't fake. That that wasn't, you know, they didn't bother spending the money on special effects to do this. That was the thing that happened. And it's crazy. Sorry. The, the, the Spanish, the Spanish genre cinema from the seventies is even worse oh, than geez. some of the Italian stuff. If you can imagine that. Well, and I can, and, and that is difficult to imagine. And I really don't, I don't think I've delved much into Spanish cinema from that time period. I have in recent years, but I can't really think 
and maybe I well, there are definitely some co-productions that I'm aware of. All those and, slugs. Um, I know there are some Spanish directors <laughs> that I know of, you know, that I've, but it's not something I've ever really paid that close attention to. So I'll be interested. I need to go back and see what I know of that are Spanish films and see how that goes. But I don't want to, I mean, uh, I don't know. It, it just, it tears my heart out. I can't help it. But it, and I don't even see how, how could the director of this film stomach that with the message that he was sending with the rest of this film? Or was this entire film constructed to say at the end, if you feel this way, then obviously you're crazy, you know, because Tim in the end was a nut job. So I don't think Tim loved those animals at all. That's what I think. And that is a, a conclusion I just came to. Oh, but he, he did. Keeps, I mean, I no, he, he keeps went, them in cages. He uses he them, them as his slithering assassins to kill people. Those snakes didn't want to kill those people, but they had no choice because Tim's got that psychic link with them. I'm going to throw you into the pool. You're going to After bite the shit out of this After he lost his mind guy. when Hazel got killed. That's what pushed him over the edge. When Hazel and her kids got killed, he lost his mind, and no, that's what turned him into a murderous in psycho. He lost his mind in the war. He'd been back two years. Yeah, but he wasn't killing anybody up until until Hazel and her kids got killed. But he was giving snakes and to strippers. Sna- well, <laughs> he told her to be nice to them. Um, yeah, but she didn't. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, my God. And that scene where she, where she, but tell me that's not real, at least. Jesus. I had, although when I was watching it, I had a feeling that it was. I was just like, oh, my God, I feel like this is really happening. Um, and then she goes on and on and she's like, oh, I can't get the taste out of my mouth. That. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, lady. Well, um, so she says that all the time but other about other things. <laughs> right. to, to be fair, when the servants turn to, to geekdom, as in I bite the heads off of things, I, I, I would love to see that on a show, just not with a snake, you know. Uh, no, I don't want anything having their heads bitten off. But, unless it's babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She bites that off a baby. Yes, that's a perfect show. Yes. <laughs> because. Then I'd be marveling at how huge somebody's mouth was. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that scene in Taking You Deborah Logan where she's just sucking down that child or whatever she's doing at the forest. You know? Yes, that's a, that's a fantastic. <clears throat> that's some fantastic imagery right there. Did that stripper. Not, or, or did she rather remind anyone else of, uh, oh, what was her name? Phyllis. Um, no, I was thinking of the woman from the Fun House. Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. totally. The, the gypsy whore, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just the whole time I'm watching her dance. That's that's what I'm picturing in my head. Was <laughs> this woman from the Fun House? I'm like. I like- Alive, alive, Madam, alive. Madam Zena, Madam something. And I was like, I'm like, wow, well, no wonder they can't get anyone into their club unless she bites the head off snakes. Who wants to see that? Everyone needs a gimmick, you know. <laughs> oh, anyway, I just, I'm torn about this because the actual watching experience for me was very fun. I was into it. I was cracking up. I was. I was all about it. Then we get to the end, and I'm like, I was sitting there with my jaw on the floor, and what in the fuck is happening? Because <laughs> it was just crazy. Tonight, see the junkyard dog bite the head off the Haiti kid. Only $2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
Yeah, me, me and Stanley, Stanley and me and Hazel just chilling, thinking about Tim going crazy. Yeah, Stanley is is a decent movie as far as uh, the settings are real great. The Everglades are used in this movie really well, and and uh, Stanley seems like a good soul in the beginning, like you guys said. But there's a there's a point, you know, where where uh, Psycho, who looks like hippie Billy Jack, uh, kills Hazel and the babies, where he just loses his shit and. Uh, essentially, his mind altogether when he starts going on about that biblical shit about him needing Eve and yada yada yada. But um, he's got a lot to be upset about though, as far as that. Not only the nom, but you know, the Alex Rocco's people supposedly killing his father because he wouldn't he wouldn't uh, play ball, I guess, and uh, not literal not literal like ball, like let's go let's go have a catch. But you know, as as, as far as I guess getting the snakes, I, I guess that's what it was about. I don't know. Because in this movie, they want Stanley to <clears throat> use his skill as a psychic reptile, reptile uh, wrangler to capture snakes, not for the venom to, to make medicine with, like he like he intended, but to um, for belts. He's a Alex Rock was a belt proprietor in this in this movie. He because uh, you got to have belts, you know, made, made out of snakes. And um, yeah, that guy's that guy's no good. He's really sleazy towards his. Uh, I'd imagine that's his stepdaughter in the film. Because the, the the mother the mother left him, but he's really really cutesy with her. So you hope that's his stepdaughter that they're not blood related. Um, I never once thought that. <laughs> no, I didn't either. I was just thoroughly creeped out. Yeah, and um, yeah, when he starts going crazy, and he that's the, the, we talked about we, nobody nobody talked about this yet. So so I will. There's a scene where he. Uh, where Tim goes after the Alex Rocco character and by putting a bunch of snakes in his pool to kill him when he dove in. And uh, after uh, a strenuous uh, poolside workout scene, <laughs> <laughs> he goes and uh, goes for, for a dip in the pool, much to his chagrin. It's it's the belly flop from Doom because that screenshot of the, the, the slow motion jump in the pool and then being terrified of these snakes is something that Everyone should see this film once for at He's least. Still residing as the wallpaper on my laptop. Yes, that's that's, that's amazing. Yes, that's Gary's <laughs> contact info on my phone. <laughs> that's the money shot of the movie. Yes, when we were recording the- evil episodes earlier tonight, Brian, I was I, looking at my laptop or whatever, and he goes, he looks over and he goes, "Are you staring at him?" And I said, no, why would I be? To, you know. He's like, I don't know. You look like you're still staring at him rather intently. And I'm like, no. Were, weren't you, though? You weren't, like, were you? Well, you can almost see his junk. Mm. Oh, I looked. <laughs> it's like that scene in Boogie Nights where, where Dirk's jumping on the diving board. That junk is just shaking around in them shorts. And, oh, poor Bobby J. Just, 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 Yeah. Looking for love in all the right places, I guess. But uh, <laughs> he didn't love him back, man. You know. But uh, it was Stanley makes that crazy churn, especially in the end. The end. The end scene really hit it home, where he's like, he's no longer this this, this master and friend of reptiles, much like Gamera's friend of children. Uh, he's he's gone fucking crazy. He just starts, you know, the snakes are disobey him. You know, much like um, <clears throat> in um, in Willard. When they the, the the rats go against their master, this this upsets him greatly. Well, this upsets Stanley greatly, and he just starts smacking them them snakes on the ground, you know. And 
it's not like fun like in Hard Target where Jean-Claude Van Damme can throw a snake through, through, through the jungle or the forest or whatever in a land on land that works hilariously, you know? No, it's, it doesn't work like that, you know? He slid the fuck out of the snake in that movie, though. We'll cover that one day. I love that fucking movie. Hopefully the John Woo cut. I'll, if, I can, if I can locate that. But, uh... <laughs> You get more Henriksen than me. You need more Henri- more Henriksen in movies, and you get more of them in, in that that John Woo cut. I'm gonna go back to Stanley. Yeah, the whole whole getting back to nature thing, the whole tortured soul from the non thing, it all really works really well until you know you, you, you guys mentioned what you read. But things that I read on the internet that ruin movies for us, yeah, it's, it's, it was really really heartbreaking when you find out what they did to these snakes to to make them docile. And uh, yeah, that's not cool. There's a lot more regulations now, I'm sure. I mean, I know I know there is. Yeah. Didn't he get I, an Oscar for his sensitive portrayal of a Native American person? Well, he's white, so probably. <laughs> <laughs> his little big snake. <laughs> little and big how do you snake. know he's Native American? Because he's wearing a yellow poncho. That's right. That's <laughs> how Can't you can tell every Native American is by their colorful ponchos. Is, is he selling uh, crafts at the side of the road? I'm not sure. No, he's, like he's a, crying. I was gonna make it. I was gonna make a joke the first time we recorded the show. <laughs> I don't know if that's a real poncho or Mexican poncho or a Sears poncho, but it's <laughs> it's around there. It's cold outside. Where's your shawl, X? Because it's cold outside, man. You know. Shit. <laughs> Of oh, Stanley, it's it's enjoyable, and you know, it's 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 three quarters of a good movie. So I'll say that about this film. It's got a great opening song, like I said, very very AM gold. <laughs> K-Tells, Song of the Snake, and uh, <laughs> next next one's got a real doozy too. That would go on that record for sure. <laughs> well, um, Jennifer, yes. But I'm gonna kick it to uh, Suzanne and ask her if she had anything else to say about the film and what is her rating, one to ten. Well, I mean, I expected more out of the director, William Greffey. I he he was he's a native Floridian. He loved the Everglades and it just absolutely disgusted me to the core how badly these animals were treated. I really enjoyed the movie. I'm with Jamie on this until I read about how about that and I just in good faith, I can't give this movie a good rating because of that. And I did enjoy it the first time through. I really and truly did. It was fun. It was great. I was enjoying it. It was goofy as all hell. The Alex Rocco death scene is burned into my brain forever. But the snakes being harmed like that is just unforgivable. So, I mean, if that hadn't happened, this probably would have been up around a seven for me. But now I really do have to drop it down to a four. And it's only that high because of Alex Rocco. So that's pretty much all my thoughts on this movie. Okay, Richard. Well, uh, I was given a four before I also read the damning evidence that uh, I think ruined the movie for at least three of us. (laughs) Uh, I was given a four, but I'm going to go with a three just because... uh, I never want to see this again. Fair enough. X. Jamie? <laughs> uh, well, it, my score was going to be much higher. I think 
think I was initially going to come in with like a seven because I had such fun with it, but uh, it really pissed me off. So I'm dropping it to a five. I mean, it probably should even go lower, but I've kind of, since I, I've had a cooling down period, (laughs) so I'm not as, as angry as I was, but I'm still not real happy about it. But, and damn it, it was fun, you know, in spite of all that. Don't tell any snakes. Well, I don't let your snakes watch it. I still watch Rosemary's Baby, so I'm giving Stanley an eight. Well, why wouldn't you watch Rosemary's Baby? What they do to animals? Because Roman Polanski did terrible things to people. Yeah, but that's people. Yeah, who cares about people? You don't care about people. No, (laughs) no. Nope. Kill them babies. Kill them babies. Rape those teenagers. That's fine. I said earlier you could bite the head off a baby if you wanted to in a geek show. (laughs) This is, I don't know. This movie is very Freddy Blassie for me, so I love it on that level. And, yeah, I'm going to give it an 8. Apparently because I'm a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's like staying classy for us, y'all. Like like Freddy Blassie, which is awesome, you know. And I, I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it a six. I enjoyed it enough. I, mean, I, I not that I say I can look past the the the, the horrid stuff that happened during the making of this movie. But I'm gonna judge it on uh, the the movie itself and really say that I enjoyed what I saw with the settings and stuff. And uh, it's not the perfect. It's not the best film of this kind, you know. I, I mentioned one when we recorded this episode the first time that. Uh, it's called Fighting Mad. That doesn't involve snakes at all, and uh, that starts Peter Fonda uh, <laughs> uh, bumping off wealthy landowners. I'd imagine for for the safest farm and other farms. I guess it sounds like a pretty neat movie. He's got the Peter Fonda with a bow and arrow on the front of it, so I might be all in on that one, guys. So he's a modern I'll, day Zorro. Yes, indeed. And about me, yeah, six out of ten. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say give it a watch. It's not one of those. Uh, one or multiple uh, Mill Creek sets. If you, if, so you probably have it in your house right now. You don't know it. So could go look for it, I guess. You know. Uh, but next up, we're going to talk about more psychic snakes and bullying and crazy religion with Jennifer. Roger Jennifer. the break. Jennifer. Jennifer. <laughs> Badasses, boobs, and body counts is a weak grindhouse and exploitation cinema. Your three hosts, Mike. It's a quick. <laughs> Thank you. Come again. Not racist at all. Mark. If you bend over and you have what is essentially a pubic cottontail coming out the crack of your ass, you need to do some goddamn grooming. And listener favorite, Iris. I do not have sex with that horse. <laughs> will make you question your own political correctness while laughing at theirs. Episodes drop every Sunday and can be found by searching BB and BC Podcasts via Lipson, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and iHeartRadio. You can also listen to episodes directly from the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. Most effective, Your Majesty. Will you destroy this Earth? Destroy it utterly. 
Send Rick and Danny in Wool Rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail, Hail Ming. Ming. Wait! You see those transmissions on the Visua screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud too? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? Oh, I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Hemming Power Hour. Disobedience to Ming. For now. You can find us at Legion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At www. You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastages. Hail Ming. Breaking 2? Electric Boogaloo? Samurai Cop? Army of Darkness? Flash Dance? <laughs> we might destroy the planet if it's flash dance. The loving daughter. You get all A's now. I will, Papa. A hard worker. You're the nicest girl in the whole class, and you're worth 20 of those spoiled rich kids. An A student. Jennifer is our scholarship girl. No background at all. They give scholarships to the ones that don't fit in. <laughs> but the rich kids don't like her. That hillbilly smells, my dear. <laughs> Jennifer, you're not used to our ways, are you, dear? Oh, no, wait a minute. You mean the rich over the right? The rich are always right. They're doing bad things to her. Hey, Jennifer! <laughs> Please give me back my clothes. They're trying to get rid of her. I really don't think you belong here, Jennifer. And I'm personally going to see to your departure. Jennifer has a past she doesn't want to remember. When you was a little gal, Jenny, you used to feed him yourself. Please, Papa, forget him. A knowledge she doesn't want to believe. All of the congregation, even the old folks, was amazed at your power. It was wrong. You know it was wrong. And a power she doesn't want to use. <laughs> but they just won't leave her alone. Now they've made her mad. <laughs> Jennifer. She's a holy terror. Jennifer from 1978. Uh, plot synopsis is this. Ostracized at her snooty private school because of her rural, poor background, a scholarship student is tormented to the point to where her only re- remaining recourse is revenge. He's the only method she knows, her psychic control over snakes. And to materialize them as well. So that, that's the thing in this movie. <clears throat> but I'm going to start with Jamie this time around and say, hey, Jamie, what'd you think of Jennifer? Hey, Gary. 
I really dug. I really dug this movie. I uh, have a a huge soft spot for these kind of teen horror flicks from the seventies, and this is one that somehow I had missed. I don't understand it. I don't know how it happened, but I'm glad that you have rectified this situation with this show because it needed to be seen. And it's something that needed to be done. And uh, wow, some crazy, mean-spirited teens in this movie. Jesus, these mean girls were mean. Particularly Sandra, our main mean girl. Damn. I mean, she was just flat-out evil. She wasn't mean. She was just... She was. She was psychopathic. She was just—I uh, don't even. Wow. She need studies need to be done uh, about her, but but um, and not even to the point. Uh, not even just, you know. Oh, I, you know, she ostracized someone. No, I mean, she actually got her boyfriend to rape someone because they didn't they didn't go along with what she wanted them to do. That is fucked up. And um, yeah. Now, see. Well, here, X. Here you go. If they had actually, if they had actually raped her for the film, then I would have a problem with it. But if the director, if I found out the director was a rapist in real life, it wouldn't affect my viewing of the film. What if they, what if they had actually raped a snake for the movie? Oh, well, then that's, die. that is just that is just all kinds of wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I can't. There's no way a snake can consent. That's just not right. <laughs> Unhinge your jaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You got a pretty parcel tongue. I um <laughs> I anyway, this uh this one got a little crazy toward the end too, because it wasn't just that she had this connection with these snakes, it was that she sort of uh, like came out of herself and and created these things. She didn't even have to have snakes on her to exact her revenge. She just sort of manifested them and that was bizarre it wasn't what i was expecting i was expecting like you know your old-fashioned i'm gonna take this snake and put it in someone's bed kind of thing i'm gonna you know hide it so that it bites them when they're at least suspecting i was not expecting this like onslaught of made-up snakes from my brain attacking people in this parking garage or whatever wherever they were it was just it was bizarre but it was great uh, we have another fantastic theme song here. We have yellow font in the beginning because what? I mean, it's um that just makes everything perfect. I uh, we have some right out of Carrie imagery here. Uh, there is a scene where she's in a nightgown and her she looks the picture of Piper Laurie from Carrie, which is there is no way that was accidental. Basically, what we have here is Carrie with snakes. Yeah, it's. Kind of what that, kind of how I would describe it if I had to describe it in a couple words. And um, we've got this great father in not quite Harry Dean Stanton. Um, I mean, and it's actually he's a, he's a guy in his own right. Is it what's his name? Corey? Jeff Corey? Jeff, Jeff Corey? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it was very Harry Dean Stanton, Mary Ring, uh, Mary, um, Molly Ringwald, and uh, X is actually the one I think who pointed that out and. But I was thinking the same thing when I was watching it. So it was just, it was funny. Um, we have a, a disco scene that goes on a lot longer than needs to. But I don't care. It's a disco scene. I I have no problem with that. What I, One thing I really love about films from this time period, 
And it's one thing that people often complain about is how they leisurely take their time to introduce you to the characters, to introduce you what's, to what's going on before things actually happen. That's one of the main complaints that I've heard about the film Prom Night and is, in contrast, one of the main things that I love about that film. So there's something about the leisurely pace that films took at this time that you didn't have that whole thing where you have to kill someone before the credits even show up, you know, and as a matter of fact, we start this with the slow song and, and, you know, we're seeing her, we're looking at a window, we're looking through a window at her getting ready in the morning. And then we're watching her go downstairs and she talks to her father and then she talks to the animals in the pet shop. And it's just very leisurely. I enjoy that. I like easing into my films and that's something that this time period allowed you to do. And I kind of miss that. So for me, this was, I, I probably had a big stupid grin on my face the entire time I was watching it. I was so incredibly happy to be watching every frame of this film. Cool. Richard. Uh, well, because I'm so nostalgic about this film, I cannot be reasoned with or act sanely. I love Jennifer. Love this movie. Um, this is one of the first horror films I ever saw as a young lad. I caught this on TV when I was, I don't even know how young I was. Um, but the disco scene is great. Oh, I meant to start with, Hey Gary, like Jamie did. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have to do that that's, every, that's is that okay. a thing? Well, it's only because he said, Hey Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a little oh. more enthusiasm. I think it kind of got really, got really excited, you know. Hey, Gary! <laughs> no, uh, I love the atmosphere of this film. It's great. It's cheesy in a TV movie kind of a way, but still a lot of style. Um, Burt Convy was my first crush as a young man as well. No, um, I love Lisa Pelican. Oh, I forgot about Burt Convy. Uh, Lisa Pelican was also in Ghoulies, which is another favorite film of mine from my youth. And um, nothing like watching a, you know, a nerdy kind of character fall into a swirling vortex of shit. Uh, you hate these bad girls so much, uh, which means you're invested in this film. It's a lot of fun. And uh, Jennifer, 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 buy this movie on Blu-ray. Jennifer Kino Lorber. Oh, and there's a dummy death. Yeah, that's it. Is it available on Blu-ray from Kino? It is. Woo! What? what since when? Since like forever. Like I'm no. Getting it. I'm Doing getting it. it. It looks beautiful. It looks really good. There's no extras, but whatever. Who cares? Whatever. <laughs> Suzanne. I love this movie. I absolutely love it. But I also am a big fan of movies from this era where, you know, the bad girls are so bad that they're like a borderline psychotic on the verge of going to prison for actually murdering someone. The, well, they did attempt to murder in the pool. Oh, yeah. And I I just it's so hard to talk about this one because I, I know I'm going to start get, getting tripped up. But I also was a fan kind of of the, the Carrie ripoffs because I like to see, you know, how different people interpreted that. This one is my particular, you know, is Carrie is the gold standard. 
this one is my second favorite. And then, you, you know, you got, you, I have to throw in Enigma by Lucio Pulci. Kind of the same thing, that psychic connection with animals and can make them manifest. It's just, it's a hell of a lot of fun. And I like, I love the fact that they take the time and patience to actually build the character so you, you understand who these people are all about. We know Sandra is just an evil bitch, and from frame one, you just want her ass to die, slowly and horribly. You know, even, that her one, even, even her senator daddy thinks she's a shithead, so... Yeah. Oh, he I forgot like, John Gavin, too. Oh, he was a hottie. <sighs> and I just, I don't know, it's just, like I said, it's so hard to talk about this one. And I, I love Burt Convy, who actually gave it, didn't give a damn about Sandra... And actually w- cared about the education for Jennifer. You know, it once again, it took a little time to establish these facts. But I'm also a big fan of a slow burn. I mean, hell, on a bad day, do I want to come home, put a movie on, and watch people get half to part in the first five minutes? Yeah. But for the most part, I like a little bit of a slow burn. I was watching this with my husband, and he kept asking me, "Does she? when is she going to go nuts? I'm like, soon. Is she going to go nuts soon? I'm like, soon. So he not so much likes the slow burn. I do. But I do. I just have a lot of love for this. First time I saw it, I rented it from my local video store. And the manager was a huge horror fan. So she had everything. I would just randomly go into the horror movie room, close my eyes, and grab three movies. It was that good. But yeah, I, just, I got a lot, a lot of love for this movie. Oh, cool. Hey, Gary. Hey, Su- hey Suzanne. <laughs> Hey, X, what did you think of Jennifer? Hey, Gary. <laughs> the, for me, one of the best things about movies from this period of time is if you look close enough in every single one of these movies, you'll see Wesley Eurer you, from Chomps. And, oh, I've never seen Chomps. Oh, what? Well, yes. you've seen Land of the Lost. I've seen the the the, re, the the Redux series of Land of the Lost. Oh You've never seen God. the original Land of the what? Lost. It was it was before my time. You no. Know. Oh my God! How do you how do you it, live it without knowing it, the joy of a sleaze stack? It didn't play when I was younger. Okay, don't get mad. Or Chaka. Don't get mad. Okay, don't get mad at me because the shit didn't play when I, I was younger. Okay. No. The one person I thought would get that joke and just went right over your head. Now I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, Wesley Ur was like Richard Chamberlain's partner for a year. That's amazing to me, and he wasn't even in the Thornbirds. I can't figure it out. Um, what are we talking about? Was he in Shogun? He was not in Shogun, but he did co-create Dragon Tales. Oh, oh. Wow! <laughs> right, that's that's random. <laughs> no shit. Uh, yeah. Oh so, what we, Jennifer? Is that what we're? Oh yeah. No, we were talking about Chomps, which I just looked at the poster and remembered. I've fucking seen this movie. Of course you have. <laughs> Valerie awesome. Bertinelli's Finest Hour. Yes. <laughs> so, there are things about this movie that I really really enjoy. I like Jeff Corey in this movie a lot, just because he's the most useless fucking old man I've ever seen in a movie. He's just like, I don't know how to cook eggs. I, I burned the casserole. You, <laughs> you coming home for for dinner? <coughs> <Excuse me. laughs> 
<laughs> oh Jesus, that was real, and that hurt. Um, oh. Yeah, but he's terrible. He like, there's one part where he 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 tries to cite scripture and does it so incredibly wrong it makes me laugh. He's like, it says right there, Mark sixteen, chapter seventeen, verse eighteen, and that's not that's it doesn't that's not the system. It doesn't work like that. I think it's funny that everybody's talking about oh the character development movie in this movie is so great because really the character development is I'm Sandra I have a shitty blonde haircut hi I'm Jane I'm the ugly one in in, in the group hi I'm Jennifer I talk like this I'm Jennifer's dad the bird the egg casserole with the milk <laughs> and that's it where the fuck are these people aren't they like in Southern California and if so where did Jennifer and her dad come from. Because it's like they well, took the Underground Railroad from West Virginia right to fucking Glendale. Well, and I, I think they did come from West Virginia. Didn't they say that? Did yeah, they, they did. It's it's just like Pretty and Peach. She lives on the other side of the track. She doesn't want Blaine to take her home. Yeah, so the other side of the Mason-Dixon line. That's not the <laughs> other side of the tracks. But she like actually, if she actually lived at tracks, though, in Pretty and Peach, they were pretty badass, actually, though. Because that was a cool-ass store. Get all lazy. I will, Papa. <laughs> no, no, but even cooler is if Shadow Stevens had been in this movie because I think Trax is underrated. Um, <laughs> Sometimes I worry, Jennifer. Sometimes I worry a lot. I'll take Shadow Stevens because I need an X. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Circle gets the square. Swimming. It's sinful. It's sinful. <laughs> also, I think the reason Prime Night had character development was because it's Canadian. Uh, um, Damn! <laughs> I can't believe you said that. Sick burn! <laughs> so Fuck this, you, America! This movie is not a Carrie ripoff to me, really, and it's not even a Willard ripoff. Um, this is a story about a parcel tongue who got lost on the way to Hogwarts, ended up in beautiful downtown Burbank with her dad running a pet store where all they sell are like parakeets and cow can. Fuck, I haven't seen cow can in decades. You know, I didn't know it was still a thing, but we had recently gotten some for our dog and she loved it because <laughs> I, I wanted to get it for nostalgia purposes. I was like, really? I remember these commercials. Or they the... would put they would push the vitamin into the top of the can. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I remember did, those. Did it's made build, of snakes. Did you build a robot arm for it to open up and dump on the floor like in Back to the Future? <laughs> no, I'm still working on my juicer from Gremlins. Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> I have the bathroom buddy it, it, down, so it works real good for the first couple days, and then you know it's a. Uh, yeah, I've always regretted that film because they never used the sword on Stripe in the Christmas tree. I've been waiting for that to happen, but she's wasted exposition. That sword kept falling down. I'm sorry, X, continue. It's okay. I'm almost finished. I, I love the last half hour of this movie just because it's absolutely bonzo apeshit. Like, when she starts getting revenge on all the mean girls, and she doesn't even really... She has snakes in her hands, but she just kind of waves them around like, hey, look, I have flowers, but there's snakes. And then this big gigantic fucking basilisk snake shows up mm -hmm. and like bites the guy in half, except he's not really in half. So I don't know if that was all some kind of weird dream sequence or what. But I do know that this is just really a movie about snake handlers. 
and all snake handlers are parcel tongues, because that's what Jesus says in Mark 16, 17, 18. <laughs> so in that respect, this is a documentary, and I enjoyed it. Hey, that's a secret part of the Bible that only only that guy and Kirk Cameron know about. That's true. We, we, just, we just don't know about it. <laughs> and Bible man. Oh, don't forget Bible man. Oh. You know. Mark 8 is enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll do this too. Me, myself, um, <laughs> Jennifer, what well, was a, a, a very fun film. I don't think it's carry rip up either. It's 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 very very different because you get the same idea of you know the overbearing parent, but in this film he wants her snake powers to come out again because she was this uh this lovely little star of this 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 uh this survival tent and that could handle snakes hilariously. Say look oh my dog knew she could put her hands in a box and pick up snakes and they do not bite her. And she's really special because of this. Every, every time I see a giant box of snakes, I always think about uh, Vegas Vacation where Cousin Eddie has the box of snakes and he dumps them over and says, wait, I'll get the babysitter. Like the babysitter is a, a kids chasing after snakes and collecting them. You know, I guess it's kind of like the, the chicken scene from Rocky 2 where he's got to catch the chicken. But uh, these are snakes, obviously. I think Jennifer won Christendom's Got Talent. <laughs> She's so talented, you know. But um, yeah, the mean girls in this movie are really mean, like you want them to be. And uh, Sa- Sandra is an evil bitch who tries to drown in the swimming pool. And I, I love, I love that the principal just doesn't give a fuck. He's like, "Oh, we need this this girl of stature at our school because her father's a senator, but her senator father thinks she's a real piece of shit too." Which is, you know, complain about how much you had to pay off the last person, this that, the other. Like, what, what did this girl do to this, this girl before this girl? It's, it's, you you kind of want to know, in, in a way, what this what this girl did. She's got a great loyal group of followers, including, the, the of course, the ugly friend, who they literally beat into submission in this movie because she doesn't do what they want her to do. And and uh, her and Jennifer become friends, though. And uh, that's something hilarious at the end of this movie I'll get into. But, um... I love that she could materialize snakes, even even hilarious hilarious rubber ones like the one X mentioned, the giant snake. Which all I thought about was like Thalsa Doom's sex palace in, in uh, Code of the Barbarian, where he's just, he's just a giant, you know, you know, sticking his mouth way out real far, and he, hey, he's a snake, you know, you killed his favorite pet. I love that shit, man. I love Conan so much. <laughs> um. Even Destroyer, although it's not as good, but um, that can be argued by many, many people. But um, yeah, the 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 climax. Ooh, climax! Speaking of, you know, you you, <laughs> you stole you stole my hustler. You know, these very lesbianic uh, sorority girls, if you will. Nothing really wrong with that, of course, but they just seem like like Sandra was the the leader of the angry bulldikes. And, and Jane wouldn't step in line with the Angry Bulldikes because, you know, there was that scene where they're just laying in bed together, like, all seductively in a way. It's like, yes, Jane, do our bidding or else. You know, that kind of deal. And uh, Jane, or, or not Dana Pascal, of course, gets in line with Jennifer. Through Jennifer After Jennifer becomes essentially the mean girl to, to, to Jane and makes her set up her elaborate snake hippie fever dream in the parking garage of the disco and like she just sticks her hand out and like these snakes just come out of nowhere they materialize out of nowhere and 
like Richard mentioned, the great dummy death where the giant snake bites the guy's head off, supposedly, and he's you just see this this dummy. It's not even a, a real thing. It just falls down and it's hilarious. And uh <clears throat> Oh, there's there's Wait, so much I, good stuff. I have a question, Gary. What is lesbianic? Is that like is there like cyborg <laughs> scissoring going on? Could be, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Just, they would just kill each other if that that's, happened. That's that's what you want, right? It's where it's where one of the parties goes during the act. So Lindsay Wagner has to be involved. Yes, or someone just going. No, no, no! I got Lindsay Wagner in my brain now. And I think today's and I think I think today's Aaron Gray's birthday, which you know, even she did today. Nice. I'd watch that in a second. So, yeah. Lesbianic cyberfuck, cyber scissoring, the the way of the future, people. It's it's good stuff. But I I love the end where you know, hey, Jennifer got away with murdering a bunch of people. Now let's 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 collect Jane. Let's go. Let's go. uh, What I say last time? Let's go to to the big city and go go work at a bottling plant. You you guys get the get the gist. All of our maturely things. (laughs) We're gonna do it. Yes. (laughs) What do you mean last time? What are you talking oh yeah, about? this is take two, by the way, guys, because we lost the recording. But uh, hey, Gary, yeah. hey, Richard, <laughs> give us uh, any chance, we'll snake it. Yes, <laughs> this is a show I would watch. You know, her, her, and Jane working up the corporate ladder by murdering people with with with, uh, with, with the specter snakes, just because you know that's what you do. You get away with murder in this movie, and it's fine if you're a. Uh, an old country girl who who loves just loves the green the green clothes of this school apparently and nothing else because they wear some green y'all and this just proves that this is the house of Slytherin and, and, and all day long. I deserve to be here. Those green tracksuits, man, it's sexy right there. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I want to be your friend. Yes. <laughs> That's about it for you, for Jennifer. It's 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 a real fun time. Like I said, not a carry ripoff, but I'm it's real just. Papa. I will, Papa. <laughs> they call breast daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and every woman has them. It, oh, that takes me back to my own childhood. It's called a timer, Daddy. That's how you don't burn the fucking casserole. <laughs> how, does, how does peanut butter and jelly work again? You know? <laughs> they don't talk about TV dinners and revelation. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that should be a YouTube star, Richard. See, this would be good stuff, you know. <laughs> that actually, that very simple sentence brings the whole movie Nine Seven Six Evil together. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, spiders come out of that thing too, though. I'll let so. that percolate for a while. Yep. <laughs> percolate. Spiders, spiders do come out of that TV dinner, no problem though. That's right. That's because she's the glutton. Because she had pizza just before that, fucking slut. You know. <laughs> no. Well, she also whoa, just whoa. climbed off a dick. So uh, whenever, <laughs> oh, never mind. That's just me cool. too. Finish, finish your <laughs> statement. What? Whenever I watch that movie and it gets to that, because she's wearing that little skirt and she just climbs off, and then she's kind of walking around and eating. That oh she's got the TV dinner going. She's just acting like it's no. I just keep imagining. <laughs> oh my god! It's a, yeah. I know, right? I, I said it was gross. I just keep imagining that how messy it is. <laughs> you are a re- you are a realist. You're a realist. I like it. 
Well, you try watching that movie and not having that in your head the next time. Next time I watch that movie, I will climb off a dick and see what happens. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I'm surprisingly hungry, you know. That now, now, a generous lover would have you cheese and crackers afterwards or something like that. I, I think I would, at least. Cheese and crackers during. Oh, man. I can't even Cal see can. something in a TV show do one of those old-fashioned TV dinners with the aluminum Cal foil, can. which, by the way, I miss those. Um, they're so much better than microwave meals, but not that any of them are good, I guess. But anyway, I can't see anyone even do that. I can't see one of those TV dinners without thinking of that to this day. That, that's what this film needed. Need another song, like a post-sex Jennifer a montage song with her cooking dinner for her father, you know, because she's so happy she just got some. Could, you know? this, could the song be about Appleberry Cobbler? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you Fish want to. Fish for dinner last night. <laughs> oh my god! I'm, I'm mm. gonna I'm gonna pull this show out of the gun and ask Suzanne anything else she can say about this film. And uh, what's her rating? One to ten. Okay, one well, random thought on this movie: the guy that played Sandra's boyfriend, Dayton. He kept looking familiar to me, so I had to go look. He was also in Massacre of Massacre at Central High. Just one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. So. I love Robert Carradine's hairy nipples in that movie. Just, just hanging out. That was just, yeah. that just creeps me out. <laughs> but I really, I really enjoyed this movie. I still, oh. it was fun watching it again. So, I'm definitely, I gotta go. Probably eight. Well, let me rephrase that. Robert Carradine's hairy chest with his fleshy nipple sticking out. I'm sorry. I had to rephrase I'm even that. more grossed out now. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> I'm going to ask X any final thoughts and what is your rating 1 to 10? I think Jennifer's a cold-hearted snake. Look into her eyes. <laughs> oh, oh? She's been telling lies? Yep, and that's why I gave this a 7. <laughs> oh, doctor. That's because you're a lever boy at play. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't play my rules. Say a line for you, you don't play my rules. No, you don't, you know. Oh, my God. Can we keep doing this? <laughs> this is so good. I love that video so much. I do, but for whole totally different reasons, I'm sure, you know. Mm-mm. <laughs> I guess it's better than rush, rush. <laughs> no. Oh, Keanu. <laughs> I think I just fucked up Suzanne's audio with that. Man. <laughs> And all of a sudden, everything went silent. I'm like, did they kick me out? What? I like your megaphone setting. It's just killing your connection, Suzanne. Damn. That sounded like half the first Stone Temple Pilots album. That was impressive. Talk about a panic at the disco. Yeah. So much depends on the weather, right, Axe? That's right. I couldn't, I couldn't think of a single Stone Temple Pilots <laughs> reference, so I just stole a joke. Well, that's okay. Uh, Richard. I have to give this a 10 because 11 is not allowed because that's too high. I love, love, love Janet Jennifer. Also, Hogwarts isn't Hogwarts without you, Hagrid. <laughs> you know what, Richard, you can do 11 if you want to. We're not going to do 12. You. I'll, I'll allow it. 12, 12, 12, 15, 25. <laughs> Colby, Colby Jack. Colby Jack. Subway oh. today. The woman's like, what kind of cheese do you want on your sub? And I said, Colby Jack. 
get out of our store. Get out. And she was like, we don't have that. Then I said, Pepper Jack. Oh, all this talk of cheese, Jamie. What else you got to say? What's your rating? (laughs) I love it so much. It's a nine. I don't really know why it's not a ten. I don't know. I... (laughs) Number ratings are so arbitrary and weird to me. I have no idea what I'm ever doing. But nine feels good. It feels right. So that's what I'm going with. How many phantom serpents would you give it, Jamie? How many phantom serpents? I'd give it all the phantom serpents. <laughs> Beautiful. Including the really big one. Yes. How about the one at the end in the desk? The one that, that X called a basilisk. <laughs> <laughs> Come, my child. Come. She jumps off the cliff. No more girl. But I give us eight, eight. I think it's wonderful. I think you guys should all find it and check it out. Like uh, Richard said, uh, Kino has a disc. And they have a lot of sales. So you can probably get this for like $9 at any given time at some point in time, whenever they have their big sales. So uh, it's worth checking out. Jennifer, loved by all. It would be right. Jennifer, yes. We'll be back right back after this. enough podcasts about movies in your life why not try they must be destroyed on sight the new podcast cure-all sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living we have exploitation we have italian horror we have zombies we have slashers we have crime films we have spaghetti westerns we even have sci-fi and sex comedies so take a dose of they must be destroyed on sight as needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, cure what ails you. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. No dumping on Stanley again this episode because nobody really of note has passed away that I can really think of right now. So we're gonna we're gonna pass on that. Oh this wait, week. somebody uh. did die today. Ooh, Darlene Flugel. No <laughs> shit. Mountain yeah. Fuji. Mountain Fuji died. She yesterday? was in To Live and Die in L.A. Running scared. Lethal Weapon. Was she in Lethal Weapon? I don't remember her from Lethal Weapon. Now I have to do research and not just immediately spout things that could be wrong. I, I just oh, don't, in, but I have I haven't seen it in a long time. Pet Cemetery Two, oh man, yeah, superior to Pet Cemetery One. So that gets a big up in my book. See, that's mostly Clancy Brown though. That's a hilarious movie. Hilarious. Battle Beyond the Stars, yeah, I, y'all. She was in Battle Beyond the Stars. 
Uh, she actually grew up in my hometown. That's somebody. I'm sorry, guys. You know, Stan and Lee Mount, Mountain Fuji. Mountain Fuji from from Glow, from right? Glow, yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah, the the actual Glow, not the the, the TV show Glow. Oh, she was a okay. massive lady wrestler that I never watched. So we're gonna. <laughs> sorry, Stan. You still fucking suck. And you're still alive. While Mountain Fuji had to pass away. Something I don't know, but I'm sure is way more awesome than you are. She was very awesome. And uh, I, yeah, I loved that show. I loved her and very sad. She was one of the good guys. Never turned heel. And um, when they did a documentary about that movie, I mean about that movie, about that TV show several years ago, she was really sick and in a nursing home. And they had to, uh, like, they didn't know if she was going to make it to the reunion. And there was, like, this big, you know, uh, she did make it. And I cried. She, was, and in the, it she just, was in the wheelchair, wasn't she? Yeah. 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 And so it was very sad. By the way, Darlene Flugel was not in Lethal Weapon. I have her confused with someone else. And I guess I had the movie confused with Dark Man 3, Die, Dark Man, Die, which she was in. So. And uh, the eyes of Laura Mars, which is a sweet American giallo. Yes, it is. That's a that's a Jamie Favor right there. See? Yes, it is. Oh, I introduced that uh, on. Oh, I didn't introduce it, but I mean, well, it was my choice, my for the E episode of the ABCs of Hidden Horror because cool. uh, I fucking love it. That is the Rene Auberginiest of all of his films. <laughs> but uh, yeah, where he yeah, does a fantastic Lloyd Bridges, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's that, and I'm going to ask Richard, uh, where can they find your podcast and uh, repeat that all that good stuff again, man? Uh, Hello, Doomshow. and of course over at Legion Podcasts, um, you can get it on the Twitter and the the Gmail. You can get it on Grinder and the air because that's what sound vibes make the waves. Also, thanks for having me on. I hope oh, it, I hope I'm invited back. Oh, you will be invited back. Uh, just by, by Jamie's uh, stalker-esque motions alone. She, she, will you uh, stop it? I'm not a stalker. Stop I... hiding in people's cabinets, Jamie. It's not healthy. Okay? I hope Call me just... Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I just enjoy... Fun things. That's all. And it's, not, it's not healthy or good for your back to hide people's covers. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you should, you should do it. You know. I wish I still enjoyed fun things. Aww. <laughs> Listen to your own show. You might. Okay. Oh, I do. It's disgusting. For anyone out there who has not listened to this show, I give my personal recommendation, which means absolutely nothing. But I said it, so it's the thought that counts. It's more meaningful than you know. <laughs> I uh yeah really though it's a uh, I'm so happy you're here I've been excited about getting to talk with you and uh, I enjoyed it and then I, I hope you do come back yay X tell the folks where they can find you sir you can find me a few places like right here on CBP which should be obvious but you can also find me on my flagship show Kiss the Goat which I co-host with my smart hot wife Cootie. It's all about devil movies and cooking and me trying to sound smart while I'm hammered. Our holiday episode came out in December, and we'll be recording our landmark 50th episode this month. 
You can send your congratulatory messages to the goat of madness at gmail.com. That's on Legion Podcasts, of course. I'm also on the panel of the Theme Warriors podcast, which is a nutty show where we pick an off-the-wall theme and come up with just the weirdest movies that we can shoehorn into that theme. That's with Doug Tilly from Eric Roberts' The Fucking Man and No Budget Nightmares, Iris from Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts, and Mike Merriman from Whatever the Fuck Mike Merriman Does. I also do a lot of guest spots, so you're probably as tired of my voice as I am, so please allow me to stop talking about me, because that is best for business. <laughs> Jammins. Well, uh, Mike, one thing Mike Merriman does is evil episodes with me. <laughs> So there's that and Brian, um, my husband. And we also do, uh, Brian and I do the ABCs of Hidden Horror with Dave Z of Exploding Heads and formerly of Skeleton Crew. Uh, I also do Devour the Podcast with Bo. And, well, there are going to be some changes to that show coming up. So, um, yeah, look for that. Uh, also do occasionally liken it, <laughs> um, which I really had hoped to get back into this year. I'm going to make that, uh, I really want to make that a priority because that's a show that I love an idea that I love and I failed it miserably. So, um, that's my, for people out there who aren't aware that it's my werewolf show. So there are some episodes out there if you want to check it out. And you can find me. Yeah, I don't know. You want to find me. I did. You know, it doesn't, I'm everywhere. It doesn't matter. You don't care. Um, I also want to thank Suzanne for joining us again because it's always, always super fun talking to her on this show or anywhere, but, but pretty much this show. And uh, um, I always look forward to her being here. Thank you. I really enjoy being on the show. Speaking of which, I saved Suzanne for last because this is uh, an announcement before the next episode, obviously, because that might come out someday. You right, guys? But uh, Suzanne, since uh, we, we, we l- 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 like her so much, I did a Jamie there, see? But uh, uh, she's going to be a, a permanent staple on the show. She's a permanent co host on the show now. Yay! So, Good thing I said I liked it when she was here. Yes. Oh, I'm cause... so glad. It would have been really awkward if you said otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, we, we like when she's around. I think she'll, she'll bring some some great stuff to the table as far as programming shows goes. Because I know she's got about a thousand ideas running around her head right now about what we could possibly do that's obscure and crazy. And oh, I already have one in my head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll we'll say we'll talk about it after the program. <laughs> But um, what else, where else could they after find the you, program. Sue? You sound like my after, grandmother. After the program, <laughs> yes. Like, like well, Batman, you know. You can find me on Twitter at Fly01. Always follow the Bloody Ballerina. I'm on the Book of Face. And even though I kind of gave a little shit to my NFW co-hosts, I truly enjoy doing that podcast with them. They are a fun group of guys. So if you get a chance... And you want to hear inappropriate comments and random statements about nothing, please give us a listen at the NFW podcast. I, I come no surprise for those guys when they're going to talk about stuff. And yeah, like I said earlier, yeah, Willis doesn't like Suspiria. But um, yeah, the thing I mentioned is uh, this is episode 99. So obviously episode 100 is next. Where we have a cast of, not thousands, we have a cast of few uh, a uh, lot of guests that I, I think are will really 
really awesome. Fives. We recorded one of the uh, we have fives, fives of people. We have fives of people <laughs> so far because we still have another segment to record. So that that that's coming uh, next episode. It's uh, the shit just got real episode, which includes um, Court Psyops and uh, El Goro from uh, Talk Without Rhythm. Well, Court Psyops from Sino Psyops and El Goro from Talk Without Rhythm as a, as a guest on that one. Um, Three Amigos, which include Mike Murphy from The Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts, and I guess our boss, Bo Renstel, from the Hero Hero Go show, and uh, Duncan and Bo go to Twin Peaksies and devour the podcast, respectively. And uh, the other segment will be Westworld, which is going to include Nudie, and uh, Big Willie from The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Those two guys will be coming on for that review. It's going to be a big old show. If you guys are listening now, you guys want to send us a little something, something as a voicemail or MP3 or hate mail. I love hate mail, guys. Send us some hate mail. I, I want to get that real fast. <laughs> Tell me how much I suck and how much I, I, I scratch my leg during the podcast and the microphone catches it. And I do a lot of erms and ums. And I say, you know, a lot. It's like a nervous tick. I, I know it is. OK, just tell me how much, how much I suck. I need that vilification so I could like macerate or easier that night just to know that you guys hate me out there and mm, the pleasure and the pain it's a beautiful dear thing. dear <laughs> cinema beef what is your mailing address so i can send you this letter signed your friend <laughs> jennifer i mean jennifer <laughs> jennifer jennifer did you hear my method acting? That's good stuff, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, that you sounded like you came from the Christopher Walken school. Of <laughs> well, I was writing. Acting. I was right. I don't know how to talk and write. No, I well, thought it was brilliant. It sounded very authentic. Thank you. I was on board. If if Bo is our boss, do we have to call him Boas? <laughs> I think you would enjoy that. If they ask him, I call him his... all sorts of things, and mm. neither of those are it. But <laughs> Mansdell <laughs> on on his on his morbid Mondays, you guys could ask him that question. You yeah, know, yeah. what do we do? We call you Boas? Uh, Can we call yeah. you Bro Mansdell? <laughs> I've called him Bocephus. He did not like it. Um, I've called him Bojangles. He did not like it. <laughs> He's not very fond of. I've called him by his actual name. He does not like it. <laughs> James Boned? Oh, no, that's a porno. Sorry. <laughs> oh, well, my, well my, my Xbox handler used to be, but I used to have Xbox Live, was Thrillbo Baggins. So but there you go. That's, that's sexy, huh? Thrillbo Baggins, yeah. I guess it's better than tea Baggins. <laughs> hey, so so Is says it? you. You know. Is it so right? says you. <laughs> You know, they show they totally should have put an Easter egg in that movie, like in the Hobbit, in Hobbiton, at someone's mailbox. Just say the letter T, Baggins. <laughs> that would have been the best. Yep, I think that's how it was in the original book, though. I, I believe it. I believe it was. was. It, was that Harry Potter? <laughs> the Hobbit. You know, Jennifer was Game a of Thrones, right? <laughs> No, the Hobbit games. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot to mention earlier. I mentioned uh, that I was watching Freddy's Nightmares for for a purpose. Well, first of all, Su- Suzanne said, "You know, I really like I really like to get all all the the Freddy's Nightmares." So I found a guy who who put them on Blu-ray. They still look kind of crappy because but the, the thriller rips of but them. But that's so. the beauty of them. 
Yeah, but they're really terrible. So me and uh, Mike Merriman, apparently, and possibly whoever else wants to come on and do this, if anybody else oh, is me, welcome. Me, 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 me. Okay, guess who's the hand as well? Oh, my God, I love those. A, I love those shows. A panel of idiots who are trying to convince you never to watch these shows ever because they're not very good, and they're very long and very tedious. But um, the show is going to be called Burning for Springwood, and uh, – that 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 about sums up your your viewing of Freddy's Nightmares because you want to like burn your skin off after watching it, you know, <laughs> like the actual Freddy Krueger. But I mean, seriously, it's like the same thing with any of those shows in that genre, like Friday the Thirteenth. Suzanne, I'm, cu- I'm cutting I'm cutting myself right now. Just thinking about it, okay? No, Friday the Thirteenth was a good show. <laughs> well, Some I still watch that today. I still watch it. I tried watching. Nightmares and new. I mean, we've actually been sidestepping trying to, to do a retro on that for evil, ep- or at least I've been avoiding doing a retro of that on evil episodes for a very long time. Like, I did not want that to come up because well, I always like the fact that there are a lot of different, very genre writers that a lot of the scripts were adapted from short stories. And I just, I don't know, I just really like, I like anthologies. I, Fucking love. I them. love anthologies. It's just that one wasn't good. And I, I was crazy about Tales from the Dark Side. Oh man, that was rough going that, back. That, that broke you, didn't it? Just I know. I, went back, <laughs> I bought. I bought the all of the seasons, and I just there are some of them that still do things for me that I still really think are fantastic. Oh yeah, the As, highs are really high, and the lows are what? What am I watching? Yeah. Why am I watching? Yeah, and Leon's getting. And you can larger. say the same thing with <laughs> tales. And I guess my big disappointment. I was so excited that Monsters was coming out on a, in a box set. Oh, those are garbage. I pre-ordered too, it. They? I pre-ordered it, and I'm like, "How the hell did I enjoy this? <laughs> I don't understand." I've so seen one episode of that. Actually, I really like. I, I can think of more episodes of monsters that I really like than I can of tales from the dark side. After we, after we went back through, if you had asked me before we went back through, I would have been like, no, tales from the dark side was the best thing ever. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then we actually went through the entire series. Yeah, I know that that was always my go-to show. Um, and monsters was a bigger disappointment for me because I guess I just, but then again, you know, you look at something now as opposed to when you looked at it when you were younger Oh, like when sure. I'm trying to watch something, sometimes I call it. I have to put my 12 year old eyes on, so my the adult me doesn't start thinking about the adult me thoughts, and just tries to. The first you know, time I ran into that was when Three's Company was um, on um, Nick at Night, and I because I used to love Three's Company when it was actually on on, and I loved that show. And then I would, after it ended, I still watched it for a little while in syndication. And then uh, it went away. And then when it came on Nick at Night, I was like, oh, this is exciting. I love Three's Company. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, my God, this is bad. <laughs> like, it was really bad. However, it was, I yeah, it was through it and I got yeah. to where I loved it again. So I kind of had to tr- retrain myself to love that show Again, is it kind of like the coy and Vance years of of uh, Dukes of <laughs> Hazard? <laughs> oh God, it's not that bad, Jesus. Or well, the cousin all found, the years of the Brady Bunch. No, years. I found the same thing. I used to watch Perfect Strangers with my mom, 
I would sit and cackle our asses off. And I, I found it on Hulu. I'm like, oh, my God. I watched the first five, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is not funny at all. Suzanne, Suzanne, you're off my program. Get the fuck out, okay? You're, you're <laughs> off my program. Sorry. You I'm struck sorry. a nerve there. You struck a nerve there, okay? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Program. <laughs> the program. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that program, yes. Let me watch my stories. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's funny. I the first time I saw Suspiria, it was on Cinemax when they used to show movies. And I saw this thing, and the only thing it said was Suspiria, graphic violence. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm into that. <laughs> so oh. I turned it on, and I'm like, the airport, all the different lights. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I slap a tape in the VCR. And I recorded over my grandmother's programs. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think she forgave me for that. Oh, you, you kicked over the stories. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. She's like, well, I hadn't seen that episode of Young and the Restless yet. Well, and you, there's no such thing as reruns of those, no, you know? No. I mean, Don't once it it's gone, it's fucking gone. Wow. Oh, it's uh, like, what is going to happen? Victor's going to go bang another chick, and Nikki's going to wring her hands. Ouch. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> That's how I found Cemetery Man. I was uh, looking at the cable listings and Cemetery Man, graphic violence. And I was like, all right. So I just yeah. taped it without even watching. I set the VCR to record because I knew how to do those things. And next day I watched it and blew my fucking mind. Love Cemetery Man. Yeah, and we blind Cemetery rented Man. that from the video store. And oh my God, that was yes. that was something. I, whew. I watched Cemetery Man every Valentine's Day. It's a, it's a love story. Aw, it is. Aw, you're fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's crazy. I also totally get really twisted. turned on by that cemetery scene with the, with the, well, the whole thing's a cemetery. What am I talking about? But <laughs> <laughs> the, the <laughs> I like you know, the man. You know that cemetery scene in Cemetery Man. <laughs> I like that part with the shovel and the fat guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, I like. The, I like, like that the... part in airplane where they're on the airplane. <laughs> the whole moving pictures thing is good. <laughs> That's like that movie about the car called the car. Uh, it's called the car. Yeah, I do that at work all the time. I'll, I'll pop my head in my boss's office and be like, "Hey, what was the one with the guy? He shot like a dude. Like he shot him. What was that one?" <laughs> what was the name of the, the, the movie with the guy that was in that thing that year? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs, My, yes. Um, they used to do this thing on Chiller where it was like the best parts or something like that, where they, like in between movies, they would um, show clips of from just random things. And my boss, who is not a horror fan and knows nothing about it, uh, would... She would sometimes watch Chiller just so she could see those, so she could come into work and ask me what they were. So, like, and just to see if I would get it. So, like, she comes in one day and she's like, okay, there's a dinner scene and a woman is in a bra and there are, like, bodies around. And I said, deranged. And she's like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love doing that. I love answering those questions. And, uh, yeah, oh. and she would do that all the time. And she hated horror. Like, she didn't hate it, but she just didn't get it. Like, she was not a fan. She was a normie. But she would purposely watch Chiller just so she could get the snippets and, and quiz me. <laughs> that was oh, great. boy. 
But I'm, I'm going to end that here and say uh, thanks for 99 great episodes. This is the end of the show because Suzanne fucking dissed one of my favorite shows. And uh, she's I'm gone sorry. now. Oh, she's away. She entered the show as <laughs> fast so as she sorry. came on. Fuck 100. They ain't going to do it now. We're talking shit about McMillan and wife. Oh, you talk about heart to heart next, Suzanne. Break my make, break, break my soul. You know, don't break his heart to heart. No, yeah, I actually know. really like heart to heart. What about it's, Spencer for hire? You can Spencer for hire too. You can just run with his oh, all day long. King, whatever the fuck his name was, I fucking loved him. Remember him in Vegas? Yes. You, you're gonna start talking shit about the Fall Guy next? You know, Suzanne, don't don't do don't do that. Okay, don't do that. Don't touch I'm ten so- speed and brown shoe. <laughs> Don't touch Magnum's P.I. <laughs> and he doesn't like it. <laughs> he doesn't like it. No, he doesn't. You know. Ouch. But I'm going to leave that here. <laughs> Say thanks for listening to the Beef Podcast. Where if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. See you next time. Um.